Vernon, Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings, or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com gift. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. The Custard TV Podcast, episode 200, and it's already one of the worst ones we've ever done. What's all that noise? It's as if they've got rosemary beads or something. <laughs> I just moved me la- my iPad slowly. Okay. Still, it's still happening. It sounds like you're in the bushes. There was some sort of rubbing going on. Are you rubbing something? Have you got crisps? <laughs> Absolutely not rubbing anything, and I have no crisps. Are you rubbing crisps? I, I feel like this is a very accusatory start of the podcast. Luke. Hey, everybody, here's our staff. Gary. You've never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional. The telly-obsessed trio. Enjoy your show, boy. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Also, are you having prawn stir fry tonight? No, not tonight. No, I'm not. I'm having a week off the prawn stir fry. Okay, but that's because when I went to say, well, I don't know yet. But when I went to say, they didn't have the uh, the noodles. So can we can we leave that as a bit it. of a cliffhanger? Can we tell us what you're having by the end? Because you're like, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Big, I'll, de- yeah. I'll decide. It'll be it'll be middle of cooking if it last week's podcast and oh, yeah. anything to go. Well, yeah, no, I did that. I, I had I had something before we started so that I would keep till the end. There was good feedback last week. People want to hear more of uh, Matt's washing machine. I haven't got any washing on. Yeah. Oh, Matt, it's the 200. I, I, I cook, Matt washes. What do you bring? I'm just, I just bring the, the fun. The love. Yeah, so we've been doing this podcast in various incarnations since September, I think, or, or July or something in 2011. September 2011. That's the very same, Matt. Wow. Uh, so, Six I actually, years. I actually did, and most people won't know this, Matt will know this because he's a website nerd, but I did do a Custard TV podcast in 2008 as well. Really? Uh, I didn't know that. me. Yes, you did. I sent it to you and you laughed at it. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> that's what he told <laughs> you. I, remember. Yeah. Yeah. He, no, uh, I think he laughed at you, not at you. Well, either way. Uh, so <laughs> we've been doing this in in various forms since 2011, properly with Tanise at the start, then Gary, then we Matt. should have got Tanise on this one. Yeah, well, I had some nice conversations with her this morning, and she may come back to the site to write. So that'd be lovely. Oh, so nice. yeah. it, it's funny that um, that we've been doing it in various incarnations, but. Thank you if you've been with us since the beginning. I don't think anybody has, but if you've been with us for this latest incarnation, thank you. We love doing this podcast. And to celebrate episode 200, we're going to do a podcast for you. Uh, yeah. TV, uh, and Woo-hoo. to celebrate it even more, I'm coming when Gary goes west and I'm bringing back Matt with me. So, Gary, head west. <laughs>
Some good news for fans of uh, Young Sheldon. Not only is it coming over to E4 uh, in this country, but it's going to get a full season in America. Uh, this is the spin-off of The Big Bang Theory. Uh, more four are going to show the second series of The Good Fight. I've almost finished series one. I've got one episode left to go. Marvel's Inhumans, which is another of the Marvel uh, series of programs, is going to be shown on Sky One over here in the UK. And a bit of a disappointment, the Sci-Fi Channel in America have cancelled a program called The Mist, which I quite liked the look of and we were going to talk about on this show. And it's showing on Netflix in the UK. And it's, it was left on a cliffhanger and they now won't get resolved, so I'm not going to bother. We've got two reviews uh, of American shows. The first is Star Trek Discovery. Now, this broke all records for CBS uh, Ac- Discovery. C- what is it called? CBS... All Access. All Access, which is where we obviously got the good, the good uh, place. Not the good place. We no. also got the good fight. fight. There's too many shows with good That's in it. That's amazing that your memory's <sighs> so poor now that you I got know. what you said a few seconds ago. This is now basically a reimagining of the Star Trek story. We've got brand new Klingons. They look nothing like the previous Klingons, and we've got a brand new uh, Star Trek. Uh, you know, sort of crew. The first two episodes, which are up on Netflix, almost serve as like a prequel. In the first episode, the Klingons come back after years of 20 years of inactivity uh, and they rally around one particular leader um, and and they, he incites them to attack uh, the Federation, who are obviously on their mission, their, their peaceful mission to, you know, explore new universes and all that. Um, the main sort of focus of the Star Trek, of the Federation crew, is what is believed to be Spock's sister, but we're still not entirely sure how reasonable that is, but it's another Vulcan. So you've got all the the tropes about, you know, the Vulcan brain and the the human. She's half human again. So it's the human emotion versus the half brain. Uh, Michelle Yao plays the brilliant captain. I know a lot of people are thinking, hold on a minute, I thought Jason Isaacs was the captain. Well, he's not in these two. Uh, He appears later, apparently. plot of the first two episodes is that... um, the, the Klingons attack the Federation, the Federation retaliate, they blow up and kill this guy that was supposedly leading the Klingons. It then makes the Klingons have a reason to fight back, and that's where, and at the end of the first, the second episode, the captain dies, and the first officer, the Vulcan, gets locked up and court-martialed. So we don't know where we're going, but there is uh, obviously more coming. I, I can't seriously sort of sit here and say, oh, this is completely different, because it's not, it's, you know... But it's aliens. I would imagine but... Star Trek fans don't want anything radically different, do they? No, it's got the old theme tune. It's got you know the 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 the, the real sort of you know it's got the you know it's got the sick bay, the load you know the the transporter room and all those things. You know, it's got all the Star Trek stuff in it and Klingons. So, well, but how does it look? Does it look flash and new? It and... does. It looks a little bit over CGI'd. I'd have to say a little bit. A little, somebody's gone a little bit too much with the industrial light and magic paint, you know, but not not like not like reimagined Star Wars, you know. It's not that bad. A lot of people have watched this. It got say huge ratings. I think this will do very well. There is not a lot of sci-fi about. We said that when we reviewed um, the program that's on Sunday nights, the uh, the Channel Four program. Come on, um, you can do it. I can do this. I can do this. Uh, it's a Philip K. Dick thing. So it's a Philip Oakey and um, Giorgio uh, Armani song as well. Uh, Together so it, in it, it, Electric Dreams. <laughs> Yay! Only took two hundred episodes. There isn't the shaky sets and the bad acting. You know, this is proper, proper good stuff. I think proper good sci-fi. So if you're a fan, I think if you're a Star Trek fan, you know, you you, you don't want to wait every five years for the film. You do want a series. I think. 
I think it is about time someone made one, and this is good. So now a new comedy which has hit Netflix this week called The Good Place. Uh, now, I, I, how are we going to do this? Are we going to issue a spoiler warning? Yes. Yes. I've, I've got the klaxon ready. Okay. That, Ladies which and is gentlemen. your favourite klaxon song? Because I could just insert some klaxon. Well, I can only think of golden scans. <laughs> you flipping millennials. Ugh. What? Well, I don't even know who the klaxons are. You know that song, Golden Scans. Life is my hand in the team of Golden Golden Scans. Scans. No, 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 sorry. Music you died in 1999. We know this. Move on. Uh, the Good Place is um, a comedy, and we are going to talk about it, and the spoiler warning starts now. Life is my hand in the team of Golden 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 Right. The premise of The Good Place is that Kristen Bell, who is the star of it, is sitting in front of Ted Danson and he reveals that she has died. So The Good Place is supposed to be an idea of heaven. Ted Danson is like an architect, like a godlike character. Mm. And she's there. She's chosen to be there because of the good supposed good deeds that she has done on Earth. But in a hilarious mix-up, because she shares the name uh, with someone else who died on the same day in the same place, she is very much a fraud. And this begins to get picked up very quickly when she gets drunk on the first night and steals shrimp. And the following morning, uh, the premise is that the place that this boat has created begins to slightly fall apart. Large shrimp fall from the sky. Garbage Or the sky, sky. even. Indeed, the sky. (laughs) She's given a soulmate, a guy called Jan Yu, who happens to be no, an no, ethics no, teacher. No, no, no. Not Jan Yu, no. sorry. Chidi. Chidi. Chidi, yes. Chidi. Basically, the premise is that throughout the first series, she's uh, given ethics lessons by Chidi in order to make herself good enough for him not to reveal that she's wrongly in the good place. You, Eleanor Shellstrop, are dead. Cool. You're okay, Eleanor. You're in the good place. You are here because you got innocent people off death row. I wasn't a lawyer. There's been a big mistake. I'm not supposed to be here. Somebody royally forked up. Why can't I say fork? If you're trying to curse, you can't hear. That's bullshit. I can't risk going to the bad place. Okay, well, maybe it's not all that bad. We'll ask Janet. Hey, Janet. Hi there. How can I help you? What is the bad place like? I can only play you a brief audio clip of what is happening there right now. (laughs) Well, it doesn't sound awesome. It also appears that... Is it Jan used the monk, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. A a mute... A a supposedly mute monk is also in the wrong place. Uh, He also was mistakenly brought into the good place. Uh, he stays mute to keep his uh, appearances, and he's married to, or well, the none of them of, are married. Soulmate no, of the summer of Jamil Jamil who I have to say is absolutely hilarious in this. She is good. Now, this is where the spoiler warning comes in. I asked Matt and Gary to watch all of the Good Place season one. I saw it um, last year and the start of this year, and. It's a show you have to see all the way through to understand what it is about. Because it turns out that all four of the people that Gary has been describing, Chidi, Eleanor, played by Kristen Bell, Jamila Jamil's character and the monk, 
are that are all being played basically by Ted Danson. They're not in the good place. They're not being played by Ted Danson. <laughs> no, that would be good though, wouldn't it? It's all being, a bit being, it's a, he's the he's the puppet master. It's, yeah, it's Ted Danson's experiment because they're not in the good place. They're in they're in the bad place. The bad place. But, yeah, they're in the bad place effectively, yeah. Yeah, they are in the bad place because he's created a, yeah. he's the architect he's a bad place architect who has created this world that he's lying to say it's part of the good place, but it's a neighbourhood of yeah. the bad place, which is different than all the other and neighbourhoods. Ev- everybody there, apart from the four main actors and, and the, the four main characters, is acting in, in on the joke that these people think that they're in the good place when really they're not. There's a great appearance by Adam Scott. Yeah, that was a good episode. Brilliant. They have uh, their devil, known as Sean, that appears as well later on. <laughs> so, and um, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I thought, A, it's from Mike Sher, who was heavily involved in The Office and one of my favourite, well, possibly my favourite ever US sitcom, Parks and Recreation. That was yeah. his creation and so is this. And it's such an inventive, clever idea. And I just wanted you to see it and give your opinions on it. And I, I don't have expectations of you liking it particularly, but I just thought it was an interesting one to discuss because it does pull the rug out from under you at the end. Mm. And unfortunately, because I kept saying, watch it to the end, watch it to the end, you must have known there was something going to happen at the end. Otherwise, I'd have said, watch yeah, I think Yeah, I, I think I knew something was going to happen. I didn't. I did not foresee. I have to say no, I, I didn't fooled. either. Now looking back, there were clues, which I think yeah, is good. Yeah, that's the good thing. If you do, watch there's a little bit again, of the truth. There's a little bit. Easter there's a little bit of the Truman Show in there, isn't there? Yeah. You know, if you watch well, yeah. it back, you realise that there was clues. I did like it. I have already seen the first episode of series two. In fact, I think there's two. And and effectively, he does a reboot. You know, he decides to start again in series two. Yeah, and... that's the final scene. You didn't mention that, did you, Luke? That yeah, they... the final scene. Because she works that... it out. Um, what's her name? Eleanor, Eleanor. works it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, while they're all sort of all... because the the thing is, she reveals that she isn't meant to be there. The first half of the series is almost like her, like shielding the fact she's meant to be there, and then shielding the fact that they found out that Jason isn't meant to be there. Who's the mo- who's the guy pretending to be the monk? But then the second half is like those in the supposed good place working out if Eleanor can stay or if she has to go to the bad place. And then the final episode, she works out that she's already in the bad place. So then Michael, the Ted Danson character, basically wipes all the memories and starts over again. One character we didn't mention who is crucial to the plot is a character Janet. called Janet, who is like um, a search engine or cool. a... A help service that pops up whenever uh, Alexa. Alexa, yeah. Oh, Alexa, my Alexa yeah. just, my so my Alexa far. just came along. Or Jim Bob, yeah. Oh, or Jim Bob, like we mentioned on South Park. Alexa, stop. Thank you. Sorry, I had to say that. She was lighting <laughs> See, up. darling. Alexa, yeah. silence. <laughs> You're not on speakerphone. It doesn't matter you saying it. Uh, Eleanor puts a note in Janet's mouth to remind her that when her memory's been reset that she can find this note and when series two starts gary is right they reboot it and he says right we're gonna have another go at this you're now gonna play this person and we're gonna yeah. give them different soulmates they, well i think what they agreed the was that they would split the four up what they mm. did was yeah. they made these two two groups of soulmates who live next door to each other yeah. so what they've agreed now is that so they all get new soulmate the the, the first reboot um and it goes on from there there are two slight things with the series one that i that i was a little bit annoyed about number one yes janet is a great character 
I didn't like the way in which the, all of a sudden her and Jason had a romance and got married. That was out of the blue and ridiculous. And if I'm being really picky, yes, the reveal at the end that she worked it out was a little bit quick. I know that's... Be- Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because that's what they were building up to. I know they said, oh, Jason said it was just like we're in a prank show. Well, they didn't really focus on that, and he only said it once. I think they could have done a bit more to kind of give you that tip a little bit earlier. There was quite a lot of there was quite a lot of bits in there if you had like a lot of easter eggs and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh sure, but I you know I, I do I do agree that that it, you know it could well des- it deserve a second watch with you know the fresh yeah. eyes that I've got. And I think just the, how the reason I, I wanted to discuss it with you is because it's very rare for a comedy to know what it's going to be at the end versus the beginning because most comedies they don't find their feet till the second season and this new right from the word go that this is going to be a thing where it pulls the rug out from its audience at the very end and reboots and it's a clever idea that i hadn't seen done before and i wanted your your thoughts um, this is where matt goes oh it's all right but oh it's all right no i um <laughs> i thought it was sort of up and down like the first half of the series i thought went round in circles a little bit yeah. but as soon as she sort of revealed that you know she wasn't meant to be there and Adam Scott comes in as like a demon from the good place and things like that. And what I liked about it initially was that it reminded me a little bit of um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. In yes. that, um, you know, you get all the they they show you how you got in the good place by all the little things you did in life. And I like all these little like when um, Michael is reviewing Eleanor's sort of, you know, whether she should stay in the good place once she's found out. He's got that big um, questionnaire of like. Um, have you ever earned a personalised number plate? Have you ever oh, seen yeah. the California funk rock band Red Hot Chili Peppers live? <laughs> yeah, that, that was quite a good. There was quite a good list. Yeah, and, and also, um, it didn't surprise me that what was the name of the creator? Sorry, Luke, of this. Michael Schur. Michael Schur, um had contacted um, Damien Linloff about the finale because yes. a lot of it did yeah. feel a bit like Lost because you got yes. the you got the flashbacks to their lives before they died. The four characters, the um, Chidi and Tahani characters, you thought deserved to be in the good place because they had done good things. But you saw that yeah. their actions ha- were either motivated they by for jealousy the right reasons, no. or in Chidi's case, he had that much indecisiveness that yeah. caused pain to all those around him. So they're, they're, you, you know, you've got that sort of full sense of security because I was thinking throughout, you know, what if all of these people turn out to not be... And it's not just these two, it's all of them. And I was thinking, well, you know, why is 
to Han here because she's clearly, you know, not that much of a good person because a lot of it is motivated by, you know, being in a sister spotlight and things like that. Mm. So I was thinking that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. So the reveal, the reveal made sense to me anyway. And I think if you were thinking about the characters a little deeper than it did to me make sense. And I think after you get that reveal, you're thinking about the series more so than you were yeah. before. Yeah. I, I also like the way in which they got around the swearing issue. Yeah. Uh, which I thought I thought that was a good little way of doing fork. it. Fork? Why can't I say fork? Yeah. <laughs> little things like that yeah. made, no, made me that. laugh. And I, I, I do think Kristen Bell is very funny. And I, I, I you know, I, I said to Luke before, her comic timing is excellent. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we've loved her since Veronica Mars, haven't we? Well, that's right. And she was very, you know, very funny in that, you know, sometimes not always intentionally, but because it yeah. was more of a drama. But she was always, you know, quick-witted. And I think that comes through in this character as well. You know, she's a very quick-witted yeah, person. It's nice to talk about how good Ted Danson is, though, because he is oh, really yeah. good. And he this is, this is not... This is not the Ted Danson of Cheers or CSI. This is completely different. Or Becca. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, he revels in this, and particularly... You can watch his performance again if you did go back and see. Apparently, they've spoken about how he was never shown on his own at any point. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I read an article this week that said that they didn't tell some of the cast the twist. No, you can go on YouTube and there's a video of Michael Show reading them the final script and revealing yeah. it to them, and it's really good because you see their reactions that they find out. I, I think I, I, I think what I would really like is I would like to go back and watch series one at some point. Well, maybe Netflix, with like, sorry. well, like, yeah, thanks. I was just going to come to that. But like with DVD extras, I don't know about a commentary, but certainly DVD extras that maybe could point to you, right? Ah, this is where we did this. You know, I do think this is the thing that it's 13 episodes, but it is very fast. There's no filler episode in, in series one, I think. I know sometimes it drifts, but there's no one episode that you could say where, Okay, they didn't need to do that. It's all you know, all built centers around the main plot. Now, Matt doesn't have a Netflix subscription. Do you feel compelled to seek it out anymore, or are you happy? I might, I might watch two. I, 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 I like Gary. I, I was going to watch two, but then the the copy I found sort of stopped. So oh. I've watched like the first three or four minutes of two. Okay, but it Good. was an int- It's such a it's such a unique looking show. There's feels mm. like pushing pushing daisies and stuff in there it oh looks, definitely yeah it's very heavily very influenced good. and i can't second guess it you know they've rebooted it now and how are they going to work out and where's it going to go and is you know, there a I concern no now that we've done the twist that maybe series two is like oh okay so no, what all, I've heard, all i've heard from the critics that have spoken about it is that it just gets better and better fine oh well there you go good news yes you can watch all of series one on netflix now and episodes of series two are released weekly uh, i'm not sure on a thursday no, so there you friday. are on a, on a friday so there you go yeah. on the day after the day after thursday. thursday made love we, yeah, okay. wednesday thursday and friday and then he chilled on saturday oh, yeah. no and saturday he chilled oh, on sunday saturday. Wednesday through Saturday was constant love making. Sunday he potted around the garden. He, he chilled on Sunday, yeah. <laughs> and he never chilled on Sunday. Pro- probably went to Nando's. Yeah. So if Craig's around, he could watch The Good Place on the Sunday. But for the rest of us who aren't love making as often, or as frequently, <laughs> uh, then... well, with him doing all of it, we have the like, need to, you know. Then he's there on Fridays for us. I do think it's one of the cleverest and and most unique 
comedies for a long time and it really yes. captured my imagination and I appreciate you both watching it for episode 200. Go and seek it out on Netflix and please, we gave you the klaxons. Don't listen to yeah. our review. Well, well, also, I, I, if, if you've listened to this and you didn't want any spoilers, then we don't want you listening to episode 201. With the reviews, it's Matt. Oh, he's going to leave a 200 second um, gap. Oh, that would have been good, yeah. Well, hopefully it's not 200 minutes, otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I think, I'm, I think I might have pizza for dinner. Oh, pizza really? Oh, don't pizza see, in the freezer, so. What is your favourite pizza topping? Oh, I'm quite bland. I still like margarita. I don't like... Yeah. Do you like pineapple on a pizza? No. I mean, I've eaten the wine, but I don't agree with pineapple on pizza. Mine's pepperoni. So. Don't agree. No, I find it a bit... I don't know, manufactured... Yeah. How much longer we got, do you know? I don't know. <laughs> you may have gone to the... <laughs> yeah, this is the point where Matt goes... Hello! Hello! Hey! Yeah, so reviews time. Um, what do we want to kick off with? Last week, didn't we do it by the night it was on? So really, we should do Strictly first. Okay, Strictly. I remember Strictly. The 15 all danced their first dance um, in a long show. Two hours, yeah, 20 was. minutes. But I personally felt it flew by. I think highlights were the surprise. Actually, though, Gary, you did call that Debbie McGee would be good. I well, yeah, I, I, I don't know whether perhaps my prediction will keep going, but certainly on week one, she was the most surprising. Mm. Uh, also, um, Reverend Richard Coles, I think, came in with the comedy vote there with the coming yeah. down on the cloud. Uh, to well, heaven, oh, was it? Um, it uh, an angel. There must oh, be an, an angel, angel playing with my heart. But yeah, I, I am slightly worried that every week there's going to be. Uh, oh yeah, there a, is a song choice. So I'm surprised that Debbie McGee didn't d- dance to like "It's a Kind of Magic" or By could Queen, it be magic? Yeah, yeah, give it, give it time. Can I, can I just at this point say if you the can. Strictly Band ruin any more songs from my youth, I will protest. Their version of song two was blooming awful. Apparently they're doing The Strokes last night this week, which is also going to be bad. They shouldn't do. Never, I mean, That's we're still sort of from your youth. No, but, well, like, yeah, well, yeah, it was, kind of. No, well, whatever. But, well, yeah, were you born in? 75? 74. 74, so you would have been 27 when that's yeah, right. 26, well, no, we're still, They're still reasonably young. <laughs> but anyway, they shouldn't if, be doing if, songs. If they ruin any more songs from when you were reasonably young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From my mid to late twenties. Excuse me, but my my disdain for this knows no bounds. Going back on track a little bit. Uh, so yeah, song two was danced to by Simon Rimmer, who I I thought ahead of time would be the worst one, and he was one yeah. of the. Worst I, I I kind of felt like it was more like Frankenstein walking rather than yes. dancing. What did we think to Shirley Ballas, the new head judge? I thought she, I really liked her, and I thought it was good to hear someone say, "Oh, that was good. That was that move. I'm going to give you an extra point for that." Because it sort of, you know, it it gave you like dance novice, like me and Gary both. I, I would, I, yeah, I assume oh, definitely, um, yeah. that um, you you sort of see where the points come from and what they give points for and what they're looking for in technique and things like that. I think I agree. I think. It does show up. I mean, it shows up that Craig is basically just nasty. I've worked out that Bruno basically gives the same mark as someone else. He's never given a mark anything different than anyone else on the panel. He doesn't have an independent thought of his own. He's too busy linging himself around the table. Yeah. So, I don't know. I thought it was very good. I, Any other highlights? 
Claudia's really bad joke again with the mirror. Stop doing them. She's better than that. Um, she gets paid a lot of money to read the script. Don't feel that sorry for her. Overall, I think it was good. It got huge ratings. Yeah. I think 50% of the viewing public in the country watched Strictly that night. I think the interesting thing is they didn't get rid of anybody, which means we're probably going to get a double elimination no, no, at some no, point. No. Um, so, well, no, we normally do near the end. Weeks. Um, yeah. But they always, but they always do this. They always do. Everyone dances once, and then the second week we do an elimination. That's that's never I, changed. I, I I give you my prediction that uh, I stick by uh, my uh, no no no. I, I stick by your prediction. I stick by Aston, but I do think Debbie McGee could hit could be in the final three. Well, I I, I went for Johnny Peacock, so I don't know how well yeah, he, that was good. Did. he was. He good. was good. He was all right. He was mid table. Right. Uh, Luke, are you still there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am Just still about. a member of the podcast team. So on Sunday night, the BBC treated us to a one-off drama. Can't remember the last BBC one-off drama we actually reviewed. I think it's been a while. Uh, this one was based on a novel by Ian McEwen, starred Benedict Cumberbatch, who, whose production company made this into a thing. It's uh, the story of a children's author, for some reason, whose daughter goes missing in a supermarket... And then I got lost, basically. <laughs> um, that is the key thing about it. Strong performances from Benedict Cumberbatch, toning down uh, his Sherlock mm. antics, and Kelly MacDonald, very engrossing as well. But I've got so much to say about this, and Matt feels he has so little. I can completely understand why he feels he has so little to say, because this is the story of, as far as I understand it, a child going missing... Grieving mm. parents, obviously. Yeah. And this is because I've abused it so much on Twitter, people have come to its defence and told me this. This isn't what I've taken away from it. A man feeling like he never had a childhood and living it out after yeah, leaving in the woods. his job in the The government. Stephen Campbell Moore character. You might have had an issue with this initially because there's a lot of ambiguity. And I know you like ambiguity more than Gary. I think if Gary had watched this, he would have struggled with it. Um but I think the fact that, A, they don't tell you how much time has elapsed. No. I suppose t- the fact that there's the child in time suggests mm. to me that time, you know, it, it all sort of muddles itself round. And as you write, Stephen Campbell Moore's character is his publisher and he also works in politics. And um, he, at some point, just decides to go and live in the wild and build a big clubhouse and live oh. out there. And, it, and his wife becomes like his mother and rings a bell when it's time for dinner. This is my issue, because I watch this again, slogan of the week, I watch this with the folks. Normally when we watch a drama, we're watching it all together, we're engrossed. We were talking throughout this, going, what's this about? Where the hell is this going? The thing I didn't like, and the thing that a lot of dramas do, is they they give you five minutes with these characters, in particular Stephen Campbell Moore and Saskia Reeves. We get a scene with him uh, and his wife in a restaurant with Benedict Cumberbatch, explaining, oh, I'm your publisher, you're going to write another mm. book. Next time we see him, he's in the woods and chopping off his pubic hair. And they're, and they're doing all this stuff with, like, a charter about child literacy and and nothing the Prime sense. Minister wants him to... Benedict Cumberbatch to spy on Stephen Campbell more for some reason. And it's more about how the disappearance affects the 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 characters and no 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 i'm not saying yeah. this is why you should but i'm just yeah. explaining to the listeners not you not you luke 
um, that how the disappearance affects these two people. You don't sort of see it played lin- linearly, but rather sort of bits and bobs here and there. She moves away. They sell their house. Um, oh, she- you've just... I'd forgotten about this. Yeah, she moves away. They sell their house. <laughs> he goes... Sorry, I just... I don't mean to what you said. She moves away. They sell their house. And basically, he gets lost on the way to her house for the first time. His ex-wife... He turned left. House. He turned left when he should have turned right. Uh, following him... Uh, follow, how did you manage to turn left? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, that wasn't a possibility. Ellie, Ellie, Ellie. He's not Zoolander. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm enjoying this conversation a hell of a lot more than the child in time. My point being was, he, I can't he, t- he went the wrong direction, right? And t- ends up at a pub that he thinks is familiar for some reason. And he sees a woman through the window in sort of 1960s, 70s dress. Only turns out it was his mother with her announcing that she's pregnant with him for no reason at all, who just happened to be in a pub that his wife now lives in the village of. It's just ludicrous. Yeah, and he remembers being there because he was in his mum's womb at the time. Uh, And I suppose, like, I I think I struggle with it. I mean, as you say, I think the performances were good. Um, Well, Benedict Cumberbatch and Kelly Kelly McDonald. Everybody else was terrible. Well, no one else had a chance, really, as you said, yeah. because you didn't really get to know the cat. They they appeared, you got a bit of exposition, and that was it. To me, it was just there. It was a whole part. It's yeah. nothing we haven't seen before. The story was nothing we haven't seen before and done better. I was thinking about sort of similar things, um, like, yeah. of course, the missing. The missing, I think you could believe the grief with the and you didn't see a lot of the grief because of the way it moved around. You sort of see how they were trying to move on rather than the initial grief of the whole thing but the fact was that these were two quite well-off people who didn't have to worry about money because he's an author i don't know what she did initially but then she started is she like a teacher or something because she did some teaching she ended up moving to like the seaside doing a bit of teaching you know just like random like i've said this before on twitter and apologies if you're a twitter follower and saw this to us as a family watching it it appeared like they'd filmed all these scenes, stuck them in a blender and gone, right, we'll stick that one there, that Mm. one there, this one here. Nothing fitted together. There was two really weird scenes that stand out for me. One is a scene with an estate agent where she says, don't tell us how much the house is worth, will you just write it down? 
Why? I didn't, I didn't even pick up on that. So I remember the bit with the estate agent. But, and, and to be honest with you, I only watched this last night. I forgot it was on. Yeah, That's how forgetting it was. And the second one is the Is it the final, was... the final scene? Well, the final scene I have issue with as well. But the second scene that. is the one where she just starts to teach him piano. Oh, yeah. Where the piano just placed... I don't... Where... Where was that piano? Yeah, um, yeah, and I just think my point I was making, though, was that it's hard to care about these characters like you did, especially oh, in the, se- the second series of The Missing with the Keely Hawes and David Morrissey, where they're struggling, you know, they're in a foreign country. They're not that well off for money, you know, they've got... So- and I was also thinking, and this is going back like 10 years now, but um, Torn, the Chris Lang thing... Chris Lang piece, with, yeah. ...with Nicola Walker and how they, they were all quite, like... Um, well, no, the family who lost the child were well off, weren't they? And then the family who yeah. got... But that was um, a well-told story. And you had a conclusion, whereas this, the end of it, was blooming Kelly MacDonald giving birth. You missed out the previous scene where people tell me his, his, he saw his soon-to-be-born little boy on a train that he was with for some reason. Oh, yeah. What the... Seriously, what he was He saw this a little about? boy on a train and... and yeah. Well, I, I read on Twitter because, like you, as you said, you've been quite vocal about it. Um, well, I kept my cards close to my chest as I always do, <laughs> as, as always. But um, one of the responses you had was someone saying, you know, Ian McEwan's books are hard to adapt because they're. It is Ian McEwan, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, because they're a lot about feelings and stuff, and you could tell that this was. Uh, I I could tell anyway that this was a story that had done well, a book that had done well, but it was a book that was hard to adapt, and I could see that through the scenes and through the structure, and I was thinking, I wonder how these were structured in the book, because in a book it's a lot easier to do this in a TV drama, a TV film. It's harder to do, you know, to adapt it to suit the audience who are only sitting down for an hour and 90 minutes, what have you. There's so many, many things they just didn't bother explaining, like why Saskia Reeves was fine with her husband having a breakdown and fine with ringing a school bell out in the... She didn't have any issue with him chopping off all his pubic hair. There's a very weird scene where he says, oh, I don't want to cut off Mr. Thing. And I just think, what? What? And the thing and again, that... I, again, these are just all middle class people doing middle class things, and I think that that's that was one of my issues throughout. Remind, remind me again what the BBC drama head said because this year it feels like we've had a lot of middle class drama. Yeah. I know, I know you struggled with Apple Tree Yard for you know at least it was quite linear. And and, and the first the first couple of eps of Doctor Foster as well because they're well, I think um, all of that really. I mean. That worktop they were having sex on, you can't get that cheap. That is like top of the range worktop. Well, that's why they were trying to they were trying to kill two birds with one stone by buffering it at the same time. It's now Uh, now what they call shabby chic. Um, aspiration. He did. He doesn't want a lot of procedurals because he hated being surrounded by dead bodies, and right. he wanted more aspirational dramas. I think this one isn't aspirational because I don't want to lose my kids. I haven't got one, but if I, I think <laughs> well, this, so this, where this is it? That I feel. Where is it? I, I, where did you leave it? I feel. I feel this was something that was commissioned. I'm pretty sure this has been commissioned a while ago. So this was I a. Don't know. This has been. This is a Polly Hill one. Um, but with a name like Pierce Wenger. I think yeah. um, you know he's not exactly from the uh, the cobbles. That's that's a fair point. Probably my least favorite, my, my least favorite, most hated drama of the year. There you go. 
I, 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 just, I was just... I was as ambiguous to it as the drama was to its own plot. And I do feel like everybody jumping to its defence to me on Twitter... Fair point, you can, you know, I don't have to like everything, you can disagree with me, but I do feel like if this had any other lead other than Benedict mm. Cumberbatch, people wouldn't be coming back to me with so much praise for it. That man has a hold over people, I don't yes. know what it is, he's a lovely man in person, I met him a couple hey of man. times. Hey man, hey man, I remember you, hey man. Yes, hey man, <laughs> that's the story, I didn't drop the anecdote <laughs> to that, but the, but the thing is, it won't say yeah, that next time after you've plugged off. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean yeah. that everything an actor does is superb. I and, thought, um, I personally thought Kelly MacDonald was better than Benedict was in this. I thought she was the best performer in this. I know, I'll yeah, have the Cumber, I found her, I didn't, the Cumber find her, on, I didn't yeah. feel her, find her very warm, but maybe that was the character. She I lost a child. Did she, Matt? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody really knows. I didn't understand it. It was like a screensaver. No. I just like... That is good. Um, Perhaps that's the way of saving money on the license fee. <laughs> Perhaps they're not putting on dramas anymore. Perhaps they're just screensaving. No, because this would have cost a lot of money. I mean, I understand. I mean, you you saying that is similar to when I've been sort of critical of Dr. Foster the last couple of weeks and people have been saying, oh, but Saran is so good in it. And it's like, yeah, but one performance doesn't serve... Yeah. Uh, you know, people are fans of actors and will... And I know Gary is quite guilty of this sometimes as well. So let's continue... On a high, though. Uh, Cold Feet, episode three. Uh, Mike Bullen, a couple of weeks ago, told me that the series really gets going in episode three, and it's the episode of the series that he is the most proud of. We knew at the end of episode two that Matt and Liv... Um, not me, were... not me. No, not you. Matt, <laughs> he hasn't got kids, we want to discuss this. <laughs> Matt and Liv... We're pregnant. That's uh, Adam's son and Karen's daughter. Karen and David's daughter uh, were pregnant. That was the cliffhanger at the end of Ep 2. At the end, and on Ep 3, there was a lot of stuff going on, but the main crux of it was that it was about them deciding how best to deal with the situation they'd found themselves in. Did they want an abortion? Something that Cal Spellman's character, Matt, was completely against. Or did they want to raise it... And it, it was it was good in so many ways because it was emotional, it was funny, and it put the friendship group at odds for the mm. first time in a long time. It was a great episode for Hermione Norris. Yes. Who, who really got to shine. What did you think of it as a whole? I mean, you could tell with some of the bits that they were trying to do a bit comic early on, the stuff with... Um... The David stuff with Robert Glenister and yeah, Siobhan I, Finner. I don't know and, uh, why they, they struggle with David with uh, David's character. It seems they? like Mike Bullen doesn't really like David, and so puts him on all these sort of precarious, well, he, like putting I him in prison, him. putting yeah. him in kidnapping him briefly in there with the golf and stuff. And you got the impression that they were trying to set something up with him and Siobhan Finner, and but now with, with the sort of the thing with their daughter having an abortion, it seems like they, they might be going back to him and Karen again. Yeah, I mean, I and think. I, those two as a couple are the most stilted mm. of of the of the three of the six of them really. Although I still have my personal issues with Leanne Best and and uh, James Nesbitt. As a See, I don't but... really like Faye Ripley. I I struggle with her the most. Oh, do you really? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah I just find Jenny a bit annoying because she's always moaning and she's always like she's quite she's quite a selfish character. I find Jenny sometimes. Yeah, I th- I think yeah. I think she's supposed to be. I don't. David is like quite manipulative, but he's quite a hapless fool at the same. It's hard not to 
care about him in a way. Whereas, like, I and and you do feel I end up feeling sorry for Pete a lot of the time because she, yeah. she's like, oh, I don't want to spend a lot of time with my mum now. My sister's going to Canada and stuff, and now obviously because yeah. her sister fi- that's the other thing, isn't it? Her sister finds love online with a bloke in Canada, and yeah. at the end um, decides just to go out there and spend, you know, move in with him or something. But it felt like something we'd seen a million times before in soap and in drama, mm. but do, but done with a lot more care and attention and, and reality. And I in soap, they it. almost always keep the baby because, as we heard, like they they keep knocking people up, so they have got more characters for future. I think it's not getting the attention um, due to its Friday night slot this year, but that that episode mm. as a whole was it's really. Worthy. Really well balanced, really well put together, and really showed why it still has a place in 2017. Because I can't think of the last show that dealt. Because I like I like the younger characters actually. The more we mm. see them, because they are well drawn. They're not stereotypes. They're not moany teenagers no. whinging. They're people who who respect and like their parents for the most part. And have chats with them, and Adam and, and Matt will have chats without it yeah. being soapy or or smaltzy or melodramatic. They'll just have. And I like the stuff last se- series with um, Pete and Jenny's kids, where like Pete's depression and everything, and yeah, that was that was. Oh, quite oh there good. was a there was a nice scene with Pete and Jenny's kids on this one, just a tiny one where they're like, "Have you had a row? Why aren't you talking? Yeah. You definitely had a row. What would the row be about if you'd had a row?" And it just, it feels very relatable. Yeah. Still, still feels very warm, and you should be watching Friday nights at nine ITV for Cold Feet. <laughs> Liar now? Yes. Which was on Monday night, ep three, halfway through the series. And as uh, we said at the start, or I said, because I read that interview with Joanne Frogger, that the 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 liar was revealed in ep three. I'm and it surprised t- they let her say that and published it. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, or she said midway through the series. I don't know if she said, like, episode. Yeah, I don't yeah think but she, if you're uh, good at maths and you know there's six, then... You yeah, but it could have been in episode four, Luke, is what I'm saying. Early in episode four, not late in episode Let's three. Let's not fall out. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Okay. Okay, so this episode started with a dream sequence where Joanne Froggett thought that um, Ian... Ian? Ewan Griffith's Ewan. character... Ewan. was Ewan. Oh, yeah. character was in a flat. Turned out, as I said, it was a dream sequence. Then moves on to uh, a young girl in uh, the toilets at school who we've not seen before, who who is bleeding heavily. Joanne Froggett's character comes across her, finds her bleeding, says, I've taken pills to to stop the baby progressing further. Will you call his father? His father happens to be the son of Ewan Griffith's character called Luke. Great name. I like to think after I interviewed them that I was the inspiration for that character because he's got... What, the the underage father? Yeah, I reckon you were, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got a lot of similarities. (laughs) We've got a lot of similarities in that I once went to school at a time. Um, that's about it. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> and, your, and your dad looks like you and Grufford, no? So she takes her to hospital. She does call Luke, and sort of has to confront yeah you and Grufford's character again because to help this girl and not get her sent back to Ethiopia, 
they have to work together and talk to her father and pretend that, that she didn't have this abortion stroke miscarriage that she did have. Uh, and it's it's actually quite clunky device that I wasn't a fan of of a reason for them to come back together. So another key moment after that is Shelley Conn, uh, the policewoman goes round to you in Gruffin. Oh, can't, can't, what's his character name? I can't get to you in Gruffin. Andrew's house uh, to say, look, we're dropping the charges. Well, we, 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 not the gonna... thing you missed out a bit there was the Peter Davidson stuff. Oh, yes. So Peter Davidson, who we met last week, sort of says to Andrew, look, we're going to get her. She can't do this to another man. But the more Cause he was a, about we, her, well, he, he was a head teacher, teacher at the school. Yeah. Yeah. And... She accused him of sexual harassment and he lost his job and terrible things. No, 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 no. He nearly lost his job. He nearly lost his job. Basically, there was something, and that's one of the big mysteries left in the series is what did their mum do? Because they keep mentioning their mum and there was this emotional distress caused by something their mum did and that led her to drop the complaint. And then after, because he goes to see the police, the Shelley Con and Danny Webb characters saying she can't be allowed to do this again. And then they take this information to the CPS who drop the thing. But then you find out Andrew doesn't really want to be associated with Peter Davis. Well, basically, they're in, the, they're in because, the pub, aren't they? Yeah. And he's basically saying, well, I did touch her knee, but I didn't mean anything. You know, basically, but she was out, asking for it. Is what yeah, it's, it's one of those kind of like he tries to justify it. But mm. she, she ruined my life. Well, yeah, but you did actually do the crime. So... It, you got lucky that she dropped it. So, yeah, you're right. The thing with the mum is obviously going to play a part as well, I think. So then, sorry, so then Shelley Kong goes over and yeah. says, we're, we're leaving it. But there's a really weird moment where there's almost a disconnect between the policewoman we've seen in previous episodes, who was quite yeah. sharp with Joanne Froggart's character, and a weird moment where Andrew sort of tries to ask her out for a drink when she's not working and she says I won't do that I don't go out with men who rape women now I don't know why she has this sudden change of heart I don't know whether it's because he asked her out so soon and she finds it peculiar yeah off putting yeah it seemed to me it seemed a little bit out of left field that all of a sudden mm. this woman who's been quite standoffish to Joanne Frogger and found her quite annoying is all of a sudden Going to but the I school, think, but I, to I, see I, her privately and saying he's a very dangerous man. You want to keep away from him all of a sudden. Mr. Ellen. Detective. You've probably heard the CPS won't be prosecuting your case. What? No. No, I didn't. No one. What? That's it. It's over. Sorry for any inconvenience. It's finally over. Good night. Hey, you don't want to... No. What? You don't want to come in for a drink, do you? Excuse me? There's a place around the corner. If... I'm on duty. Well, when are you off? In about an hour. How about then? <laughs> well, if I was off duty... Unofficially, I would tell you I don't drink with men who rape women. I kind of felt like in the beginning that they were just being very professional. Like, yeah. we're, not, we're, we're just being like, you know, we're going we're gonna to look at both sides. We have to, you know, innocent until proven guilty. 
But then the more they've looked into him, and as you say, there is that moment where it's completely inappropriate for Andrew's character to do this. And it does make you now reevaluate who is lying or who you think is lying. I think it's another red herring, though. I think it's still too early for the reveal. I still think it's well, no, another red the, herring. We've had the That's reveal. the reveal. He raped we've, her. We've had the reveal. We saw her, him drop a tablet of some description into her wine glass, which is what she alleged he did earlier on in, in episode. I, so I'm still going to no, well, no, hold back until... No, we know. We know. That's the reveal. <laughs> that is the reveal. The, William, the Williams brothers have said... Oh, and, they confirmed it. Yeah, oh, okay. Fair enough. They, that they have unmasked the liar. Gone. Why? 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 <laughs> I can well, understand where you're coming from. Because there's still three episodes from. to go. I can understand yeah, where it's... you're coming from, Gary, because they showed that he had drugged her, but they didn't actually... That was yeah. the suggestion that the rape had taken place. And I think the stuff with the Shelley Kong character was also telling you, oh, this guy isn't as perfect as he seems. You know, he is... There is yeah. layers to him. And um, I think as well, the point you brought up, Luke, is that I think she was trying to stay as neutral as possible because, mm. you know, she was trying to be professional. And I think she was snapping at um, Joanne Froggart's character. She wanted this case, to, you know, she didn't want her interfering in the case because she knew that if that happened, then there was less chance of it, him being prosecuted. Yeah. You know, I think she's, they were presenting her as professional. But I think now that character is going to become a larger part of the of the piece because I think that's where Andrew. Well, you, you know that. Well, the the, the, the other part that, that that we didn't talk about is the sort of side plot where her sister is having an affair with her ex boyfriend. Mm. Andrew had worked out this little rumor and secret as well because um, he obviously works with um, Jaron Froggart's sister and had seen her and Warren Brown's character liaising outside of the uh, hospital conveniently. So when Warren Brown decides one day to confront Andrew, Andrew kind of comes back at him with this, well, you know, I wouldn't want, you wouldn't want your, wouldn't want your, your ex, ex-girlfriend to find out you're dating his sister, her sister and her husband doesn't know. And there's all the things, isn't there? The husband has these sudden doubts and confronts her, doesn't he, about having an affair, but has no proof. He opened her emails but never read them. There's lots of little strands. I think I'm just disappointed that I, I liked the idea of not knowing. And now I feel like, it, I, but you even know, how, how you, is it going to get? But you knew you knew. I don't, I don't, I don't want no. to do a Phoebe from Friends, but you knew you knew you knew. I liked not knowing a little bit. But you but did I do, know. I, no, but... <laughs> okay. Because they showed you it. I mean, they didn't show you no, the No, I know. It's, they didn't the show rate, you, yeah. But no, they that's showed true. you the... the I just think if I was, you know, this would have been great for episode five, but episode three, can I? Dr. Foster, um, yeah. which was the um, Jodie Comer show this week. Yay. Yeah. Um, totally switched it around. Yeah. Oh, well, I was, I watched, we got, uh, um, again, peeling back the curtain here. Um, we didn't get a preview copy of this till quite late on Tuesday. And uh, me and Luke were talking just after I'd started watching it. 
And I think it was about 15 minutes in and um, Saran Jones hadn't been on screen yet. And I was like, that's a bit different uh, because we weren't sure where we where they would go after the final scene of Act 3 saw uh, Gemma and Tom leaving Parminster. And, um, they didn't so go this... too far, though. They just went to basically a Premier Inn. Yeah, but a little yeah. budget hotel. You saw uh, through Kate, Jodie Comey's character's eyes, the sort of events of... You know how she feels about this whole thing, and and her seeing you know Simon in sort of a slightly different light, but also realizing what we all know that he is obsessed with Gemma, and he cares more about how she feels and how her downfall than he does really about his new wife. He's not spending that much time on her, but I just think Jodie Comer is such a fantastic actress that this episode was brilliant. I also like the way it sort of played around with time that we saw like the day in Kate's eyes and then we flash back to sort of what Gemma was plotting. I have to say, I was I was personally a bit disappointed when Saran Jones appeared again because I was hoping that Jodie Comer would get the complete spotlight because she was just so brilliant. But saying that, this was my favourite episode of Dr Foster ever and I include the incredible dinner table scene in, in that because I think it's the most understated, most relaxed most genuine hour of dr foster there's ever been it was it was really well done and the scenes between jodie comer and bertie carville were really well really well done the dialogue wasn't clunky at all it was really well paced and there was just great performances all round. i i agree with some of what you said i think that my only problem was almost came a bit too late in the series for me to kind of invest in her character Jodie Comer she'd been but so surely that round. performance is enough for, to well let you no invest. yeah but uh, I, I feel like uh, Dr Foster is now almost a psychological horror movie we kind of all feel there's going to be death and destruction mm. And well, he there, keeps saying the only way to get rid of me is in a box you know yeah, he's not being... and, and, no exactly and it, it's, it's not a she's going to him somewhere yeah. I, I don't I don't necessarily I don't necessarily feel that that's how it's gonna happen. I, I do believe that the writers are clever and that they will find a way Yeah, writer they will find a way round it. But I don't know. I just don't know how I think I feel. This, this, this episode has confused me. No, the episode has confused me a bit. It was a watchable episode, I'll give you that. I always think it was the best it was the was best, best one ever. Basically, this was UK drama, and Dr. Foster hasn't been a UK drama for me. It's yes, no, you are right. And it, it's been really heightened, it's been really flashy, it's been really calculated, and this was proper sort of homegrown drama like I remember from a few years ago, and proof that that uh, Mike Bartlett can write really strong... And maybe that was my problem, dialogue. is that... Uh, maybe that was my problem, was that actually... This hasn't been like this for the whole of this series, so therefore yeah. it was surprising when it actually did. It feels sort it out. to me like it could have it could have easily been a four parter, and I think it would have been a lot tighter and a lot. Um, yeah. That second episode, I think we all hated. Uh, I, I, I do agree that Jodie Comer was great. I like see, even seeing a little bit of Neil Stook because yeah, you know, so it, I said it, bringing that. bringing her him back for the and, and his wife back for this episode made a lot of sense there was no holes in it like you could understand that that neil yeah. stook and his wife would wouldn't like 
Bertie Carville's character, but would put up with him for the sake of their daughter. Yeah. And then as soon as he messed up, of course they're going to have a plan to, to mess his world up. And of course they're going to seize the opportunity to rip the right, let's, from under him. Let's, 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 uh, let's, let's lay our cards on the table. Who okay. is al- alive at the end of the second series? All Who is going them. to die? Nobody's no, I, somebody's got... I, I, I think the, the, something happens and they end up killing the boy. Well, Gary, you know how I feel, because obviously you read my review on the website. Obviously, yeah, yes. Yeah, let's let's pretend I haven't and, and <laughs> the people out there. Uh, let's, let's, let's pretend he doesn't even remember the URL for the website. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's pretend I've had no internet connection for a week and remind me what you think. I, I, I think that uh, Tom accidentally killed Simon. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's an interesting I view. That, I, I mean, I, now I'm hearing that for the second time. I, I agree with you. <laughs> I think the thing this final episode appears to be leading up to is is what Tom, uh, what Tom was told yeah. by by Simon mm-hmm. and and why I still think I still is... think that's that it was, she, he was an unwanted you know that she tried to maybe that she even had a, a failed um, abortion. Mm, that's I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, we... but I mean. <laughs> You saw how episode, you saw how the episode ended, yeah. Listening back to previous podcasts, we always think we know where these shows are going. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email: custardtvreviews at gmail dot com. Uh, pick of the week, though. Good luck, lads. Well, I think yeah. there's an obvious one we can all go for. The Apprentice. Yeah. Wednesday at nine. I suppose the only other thing that's on next week, we talked a lot about when they when they remade some British comedies about a year ago, maybe even 18 months ago, uh, the, the new series of Porridge is coming back with Kevin Bishop, and we all quite thought it wasn't that as bad as we thought it would be. That's, that's, that's what exactly, we thought. That's Garrett. not exactly high praise. We all thought but, that, yeah, we all yeah. thought that. Apparently. We all thought it could have been... T- well, we all said that, that uh, Are You Being Served was bad. Uh, Wednesday's 9, nine o'clock <laughs> on BBC One. The no, argument started on, around episode 200. If it was on uh, Thursday, then it would clash with Education Greater Manchester and I'd have to worry. Uh, Wednesday, 9 o'clock for The Apprentice. Education yeah, well, Greater Manchester on Thursday and Porridge is Gary's pick uh, at uh, 9.30 on Friday nights uh, for the next six weeks. That is it. Um, Twitter's at Luke Custer TV for me, at The Gary Show for Gary, at Matt's TV Bites for Matt. Facebook.com forward slash The Custard TV. Give us a like on there. Yeah, go on. Perhaps get 200 of your friends to like us to celebrate episode 200. Uh, how many how many, how many? Um, followers do we currently have? 204. So it hasn't gone up. So it's almost the same as episodes. Almost. Yeah. We gain, we gain a follower every episode. Um, so, yeah, that's Facebook. We're on Patreon. Patreon, there you are. That, that, that's something you could do to, uh, you know, to show your appreciation yeah. for... 200 uh, and it's visit. payday today everyone so you know yeah, so, uh, no, get in there early last week for me the money's already Vi- gone visit, sorry visit patreon.com patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n yeah luke's pronunciation is a bit yeah there's a link on the website i would assume there isn't yes ah well there is in all the posts at the moment but yeah um, but on so the main yeah, side. Go on, go on there. It will explain it far more eloquently than we can. Um, where else are we? YouTube, YouTube. for individual reviews. 
um, youtube.com give us a five star review on iTunes download this on Stitcher or all the other podcast apps just tell the world about the custardtv.com and the Custard TV podcast and we will see you for the less climactic episode 201 where amongst other things we will discuss The Apprentice and the new David Simon um, series The Juice which is on HBO and Sky Atlantic here in the UK goodbye bye Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.